tonight on Huckabee. Matt Gates challenges Google's political bias. Steve Ducey shares his recipe for happiness. And performances by C.C. Winant and Francesca Battistelli. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee! Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to our show this weekend. And by the way, did you know what's going to happen this weekend? Something really big, really, really big. Trey Corley, our band leader for the Music City Connection, is having a birthday this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. This guy right there. He is going to be old enough to get his driver's license this week. We are so scared. Very, very afraid. Happy birthday, Trey. Really love this guy. Thank you, sir. And in honor of his birthday, which is on a Saturday this year, all the banks and the post office will be closed just <laughs> for him. Hey, speaking of things closed, do you lock your doors at night? Do you have a security system at your house? And do you lock your car when you get out of it in the parking lot? Why? And by the way, have you noticed how much security surrounds not only the president, but members of Congress? And by the way, when you go to an airport, do you show ID? Do you let strangers there dressed in uniforms go through your luggage, electronically strip search you, and even put their hands on your body like a 16-year-old boy on a date? Huh? <laughs> Some of you were saying, I never dated that boy. By the way, if you go to a Walmart, do you realize there are cameras following you in every aisle? And if you go to a courthouse or public buildings, do you accept that you're going to go through a magnetometer and open your handbag? So here's the question. Why do you do that? Well, I'll tell you, to be safe. Well, that's what the government would think you should do. And the same government thinks it's okay to invade every part of my privacy and even my physical body. And I am a tax-paying citizen who's never been arrested for anything. So why would anyone think that our borders shouldn't have a solid screening process to know who's coming in, why they're coming in, where they plan to go, and what they plan to do when they get here? And if they have a criminal record or have a communicable disease, shouldn't we want to know that? I mean, that's really all you need to know about the debate on the so-called wall, our border security, that rages right now in Congress. A few years ago, Democrats and Republicans basically agreed that our borders should be secure. They also believed that entry into the United States should be legal and orderly. So what changed so the Democrats now defend mobs of people rushing the border, throwing rocks, burning the U.S. flag, and waving the flag of a foreign country and demanding entry, even saying they have a right to come when they want, how they want, and for as long as they want. Pretty much all that's changed is that Donald Trump is now the president. President Trump offered Democrats even more than they asked for to resolve the so-called DACA or Dreamers issue. He offered so much that it, frankly, upset a lot of conservatives who didn't want to give that much. But he offered all that they said they wanted if they simply agreed to build a secure border, something they not only supported in the past, but they actually supported with more funding than he's asking for now. By the way, Nancy Pelosi now says that a border wall is immoral. Immoral, yes. Oh, by the way, she's got a massive wall around her own palatial compound in San Francisco. And I wonder if she thinks that her wall is immoral or Wonder if she would stand by, smile, and make sandwiches should several thousand people decide to climb over her wall to help themselves to the food in her kitchen and maybe take a swim in her pool. I know of no one who is against legal immigration. We all know that our country's strength has been in being that great melting pot where people from all over the world came in the hope of building a better life. But they did come to melt into 
or assimilate into being an American. They didn't break in illegally. They didn't burn the U.S. flag and hoist the flag of the nation that they said they needed to escape. And they didn't demand that the people here pay all their expenses. Now, these are the people that just wanted the opportunity to work hard and make their own way. And by the way, we've got a door for those folks. We'll even leave the light on. But for those who want to break in illegally, we need a wall. We want a wall and we demand a wall. As part of the House Judiciary Committee, my first guest has been at the forefront of the efforts to root out corruption and partisanship in high places. This week, he grilled former FBI Director James Comey, as well as the CEO of Google. Here to tell us all that that's about is Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who, for full disclosure, is my congressman, and I've supported him in all of his elections, proudly so. Congressman, thanks for being with us. It is a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Governor. I want to get right into this because you had a couple of big, big events this week. One, Jim Comey behind closed doors. 251 times he says he could not remember. How does a person who sits at the top of the FBI, who has such perfect recollection to write a book and to go to forums and talk all about the things that he remembers talking to Don Trump, Donald Trump about, is suddenly unable to remember 251 different things before members of Congress like yourself? In a lot of ways, Jim Comey was hard to pin down. I think that what we've really got to do in the final days of Republican oversight is understand the extent of the pollution and toxicity that he brought to the FBI. You, you know, Governor, there's an investigation undergoing right now about the extent to which the FBI under Comey was leaking and trying to shape public opinion by giving morsels of information to reporters. That's not the FBI we want. That's not the FBI we need. I want an FBI that conducts investigations and then holds people accountable who've broken laws, not an FBI that's more focused on what's in the New York Times and, and, and in the Wall Street Journal. Well, after talking to your committee and basically not remembering a thing, he was at a public forum just a few days later in New York, and he remembered very vividly sending, as he called it, quote, a couple of guys, end quote, over to the White House to interview General Mike Flynn not telling him that he was subject of an investigation, telling him it was just a casual conversation, that he didn't need an attorney, that it was all just kind of a, a nice little get to know you. One of those agents that he sent over there was the infamous Peter Strzok. Now this whole thing just smells to high heaven. Congressman, how can you root this stuff out, expose it to the public, and maybe restore the good name of a public servant like Mike Flynn? With, with Jim Comey, I think that he took advantage of a government that was in transition, and even the inspector general, Michael Horowitz, appointed by Obama, a Democrat, said it was entirely inappropriate to have Peter Strzok, after Strzok had been involved in crafting the exoneration statement for Hillary Clinton, to then have Strzok interviewing Michael Flynn, uh, uh, opening up on Papadopoulos and starting this crazy Trump-Russia story. Uh, it, it really shows a lack of adherence to protocol, and those protocols exist for a reason. The reason that we have rules and procedures for the FBI is because even under the most tense and stressful and high profile of circumstances, we want the system of justice to work fairly for everyone. Here, Comey clearly oversaw a yellow brick road for Hillary Clinton, and then he used every devious act he could to try to get leverage on people who then might say something unflattering about the president. Well, there was a lot of attempt to go after not just the president, but people around him, whether it was uh, Steve Bannon, whether it was General Flynn, uh, Michael Cohen, a whole bunch of people who've been in the crosshairs. And, uh, you know, you just have to wonder. Paul Manafort is another one. Where are the Democrats? And here's what I mean by that, Matt. There was an enormous level of uh, clear indication that during the Obama administration, they knew that Russia was trying to hack into the elections and did nothing about it. There was the clandestine meeting that former Attorney General Loretta Lynch had on the tarmac with Bill Clinton, and then right mm -hmm. after that, amazingly, no charges were ever filed about Hillary and her private server. I could go on and on. You get the gist. You're a member of Congress. Is anything going to come of holding the other side to the same standard that they seem to be intent on holding Republicans to? 
Well, actually, it's in Little Rock, Arkansas, Governor, where the FBI field office is, I believe, hard at work on the Uranium One matter, where there was a pay-to-play scheme for the Clintons, where you could have special access and special favors at the State Department if you were part of raising and funneling money into their foundation that enriched their personal lifestyles and the things that they enjoyed doing. And so I think that the best chance we have to answer your question in the affirmative is to get the politicians out of the way get the bureaucrats and the folks at the FBI inside the beltway out of the way and let our people with high integrity at our FBI field offices around the country gather the facts without a partisan uh, lens. And I think if we do that, we can get results. I watched you this week with great pride as you uh, challenged the CEO of Google in a public hearing. And it's pretty apparent that Google has been throttling back on conservative uh, content, but he stood there and laughingly said, oh, no, we don't have any bias at Google. I mean, how credible is it that he would sit there and say to your face that they're unbiased? What I can tell you, Governor, is that within Google, they establish chat rooms for their employees to collaborate and discuss ideas and make plans for changes to the algorithm and the source code. And one of the groups that is set up is called the Resist Group, where people actually collaborate about ways in which they can use their job to disrupt and blunt the effects of the Trump presidency. Now, th that to me is something that you would at least want to have internal oversight over and internal investigations over. I'm not one that thinks that every time we have a problem, we need to go and find a way for the government to create a new regulation. But I certainly would have been more, more encouraged if we would have heard Google acknowledge that there is bias out on the left coast. And then they were really taking actions to, uh, to create a diverse board or a group of people that could audit whether or not people's individual views were affecting the search experience for people all over the world. But if they don't do something, if they don't begin to self-police. Is Congress willing, do they have the guts, to step in and at least say, if you're going to be a campaign tool for one side, you're going to have to play by all the disclosure rules and uh, your various contributions will be an in-kind uh, to the Democratic Party. Is that possible to happen? It's a fascinating legal theory. When Twitter shadow banned me and they did not do so to my opponents because I'm an effective conservative, I actually filed an elections co complaint against Twitter alleging the very claims that you've made, that it is an inappropriate contribution to allow some people to have access to a platform to a greater degree than their opponents. So we'll see how the Elections Commission rules on that case, but it may have implications beyond Twitter for Facebook, Google, and other major technology platforms. Always great to have you here. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And my thanks to Representative Matt Gates for being here and fighting for a fair media space as well as security for our personal information. You can keep up with him online at gates.house.gov and on Twitter at Rep. Matt Gates. All right there on your screen. All right, Keith Bilbrey, I'm going to move the adoption of the rest of our show, but you get to be our clerk and read what's yet to come. Coming up, Franklin Graham salutes Americans who help the hurting. Later, recipe for happiness from Fox and Friends Steve Ducey. Plus, Christmas carols from Francesca Banastelli and C.C. Wynan. More Huckabee right after this. Well, my next guest is one of America's greatest spiritual leaders. He's the president and chairman of the board of the wonderful charitable organization, Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan's Purse is on the scene of human need following virtually every natural disaster, as well as wars all over the world. Please welcome my good friend, Franklin Graham. Franklin, great having you here. Thank you, Thank you. You guys are always busy, but it seems like this year has been especially tough because you've had wildfires in California, yeah. uh, hurricanes on the east and Gulf Coast, right, sure. floods all over the place. It's been a tough year. What, what has Samaritan's Purse been stretched most in trying to provide? I think uh, the California fires have been the toughest because uh, we were held out of the area around Paradise. It, we just got in just a few weeks, uh, about 10 days ago. And the reason is so many people are still missing. It's very difficult for those people in paradise, very difficult for us uh, in that area. But uh, Christmas Eve night, we're giving out 4,000 meals. We're doing this with Panera Bread. Mm. 
And uh, we've got a, a church uh, there, a, a, a Christian Missionary Alliance Church in Paris, did not burn. And uh, we're going to hand out 4,000 meals uh, on Christmas Eve night. A beautiful thing. Well, I've always been impressed. Samaritan's first. It's not just one thing. I mean, some organizations, to their credit, I mean, they do a few things well. They maybe show up with food, or they show up with blankets, or maybe they help with housing. You guys do so many things, one of which is something I know my church has been involved in many years, and that's the shoebox for Christmas. It is. You've got one with you. Right uh, here. I, it's such a beautiful thing. You do this all over the world. Explain how this works. Well, first of all, uh, we just ask people to take a, take a box, and if you don't have one, we'll provide them. And fill them with toys for a child, boy or girl, and you can have age groups. Uh, you, this one is for a five to nine year old. And then send it to us, and we'll take it to a child around the world. Now, this year we're collecting about 11 million. 11 million? 11 million. And wow. We ask, we ask, ask people as they pray, as they pack the box, pray. Hmm. Pray for the child who's going to get the box. I mean, I don't know who's going to get it, God does. Can you imagine 11 million people praying for children? Mm. And, and, and Governor, we got in here, we got, you got to always have a, a stuffed animal, that's good. Um, soccer ball, uh, that's cool, got with a pump. I was going to say, it needs a pump, Frank, uh, but I don't know if you know yo, that. Yo-yo, a uh, car, uh, we put toothpaste, uh, toothbrush, uh, things like that in there. And of course, we give them out in Jesus' name. This is an evangelistic project. Uh, we go through the churches around the world, distribute these boxes, and we ask people to pray. We ask the churches to pray before they give them out. And the churches give a gospel message. I want the children to know the true meaning of Christmas. Hmm. And of course, um, every year we see hundreds of thousands of kids make decisions for Christ. But more importantly, we have a discipleship program. It's a 12-week discipleship or 12 lessons. It, uh -huh. it can be done in more than just a week. Uh, but 12 lessons, and it's a bird's-eye view of the Bible. And, uh, of course, uh, these are the kids that have uh, made decisions uh, for Christ. And for the last eight years, uh, it's close to 20 million. 20 million. That have taken this, this fold. What an incredible impact. It's not too late for someone if they want to do it. They can go online uh, to SamaritanPurse.org and go to Operation Christmas Child, and there's a, a, a link where you can click on, and you can actually fill a box over, it's called Build a Box, over the, over the, the website. So uh, build a box, if you haven't done it, we need all the boxes we can get. My wife and I believe that when we give to Samaritan's Purse, we're really doing something, and it's also a spiritual impact as well, as rather than just a physical. I, I, I wanna change the subject a minute. You did a tweet this week, in response to news that the Boy Scouts are on the verge of bankruptcy. Absolutely. The organization has pretty much collapsed oh. since 2013 when they first started making big changes That's in right. their organization. And I understand when that got on Facebook, you got in some trouble. All I was, was pointing out, when, when you get off of what the standards that God gives us, and here's a great organization, had a great mission, but they, they began to uh, allow gays to come in, and then uh, pretty soon it was transgender, and then they changed their name, and, then, and as, every time they did this, their income went down, went down. Then the lawsuits started coming in because of sexual misconduct. Mm. And what do you expect? Because uh, these changes they've made are based around sex. And what's happened is now uh, they've been sued, they're out of money, and the organization's imploding. And that is such a shame. But this should be a reminder to any organization, any corporation out there. Uh, if you do this, uh, God's watching, hmm. and he will just might let you implode. Well, you know, it's pretty evident that uh, they've lost their roots, which were God and country. And it was an unapologetic. I mean, I was in Scouts when I was a kid. Sure, you I were. Too. Yeah. And uh, the, the, most of the organizations were sponsored by churches. Yep. Uh, I, I saw where the Mormon church, by the way, is pulling out altogether. Sure. And they have a third of all Scout troops across the country. They're going to get out by 2020. I don't know how the Scouts will continue after that. There's another thing that Samaritan's Purse is doing is the Christmas gift catalog. And so I think that would be fascinating for our folks to, to hear what you're doing with that. Well, so what do you give to someone that, you, that has everything? Well, we have a, a gift catalog where they can buy a chicken, they can buy a goat, they can buy ducks. We're not uh, talking a fried chicken. We're duck, talking about a we're chicken. We're talking about for a real chicken. You can go to a part of the world where we do this. Yeah. We, we provide this for poor people 
and, and help them with their livelihood and give things that will have a meaning for somebody else around the world instead of for yourself. And so every year we have tens of thousands of people that say, you know what, I'm going to give my children uh, a pig for Christmas. And they'll, they'll get them something else, but it may be a, a pig or oh, a they goat shouldn't. Something. They should just get them the pig. That's it. Just <laughs> the pig. I think so. <laughs> but it's a great catalog. There's a lot of great ideas. And you can go to Samaritan's Purse and, and get one of those catalogs. It's, or it's online. As the old saying goes, you know, give a man a fried chicken, you feed him for a day. But give him a real chicken, sure. he's got eggs every morning. That's exactly right. I think it's something like that. Something I, like that. No, that's it. Was, it. I think, it was in there. I think that's it. <laughs> well... I want to say thanks so much for all that Samaritan's Purse does, and my thanks especially to Franklin Graham. I want to pray that you will share the spirit of Christmas by going to the SamaritansPurse.org website, SamaritansPurse.org. Create a shoebox. Bless someone who is in need. You can also pick from the gift catalog that Franklin has just talked about or help them build their supplies for the next big emergency that's coming, and it will. Any donation, whether it's large or small, it can make a huge difference in the life of somebody who's hurting. And as I said, my wife and I know that when we give to Samaritan's Purse, the money is going to be used wisely and efficiently. That's a good feeling. Call the number on your screen or you can visit SamaritansPurse.org. Keith, I think you'd make a big difference if you just tell us what we have coming up next. I'm looking forward to getting that chicken for Christmas. Next, stories with a smile on in case you missed it. Then Steve Ducey shares delicious news, plus holiday songs from C.C. Winans and Francesca Battistelli. Lots more Huckabee is coming up. And welcome back. So what do Van Jones, Tony Orlando, and Steve Ducey have in common? I'll tell you what. A copy of my new book, Rare, Medium, Are Done Well. They all give it a big thumbs up. Now, it's about making the most of your life and building a lasting legacy. And maybe the reason they're all supporting it is because it's not a political book. It's an inspirational book. And I'm so grateful that the foreword was written by our celebrated president, George H.W. Bush. And after all we've learned about his great legacy, this book will help you to prepare your own. Just in time for Christmas, you can get it at all bookstores or online, or you can get an autographed copy through mycuckabee.com. Well, from cockroaches, tubas, skydivers, and cheese, we've got the news that is sure to please. Their story's so bizarre, you'll think they're fake. But I promise they're real, and now you'll get my take. Welcome to the segment that we like to call In Case You Missed It. Well, we all love Christmas music this time of year, and that's why we have two great performers that will be singing carols a little later in this show. But be honest, folks. Is there anything that you enjoy more this time of year than a tuba concert? I mean, come on, nothing shatters the icicles and shakes the snow off the roof better than a little oom-pa-pa during the holidays. And it's even better when a tuba ensemble shatters a record. Oh, not the vinyl kind. I'm talking the Guinness World Record kind. In Kansas City, 835 tuba players gathered to play, wait for it, Silent Night. Players ranging from 11 years old all the way to 84 took part in the classic German carol. Listen. Yes, 835 tubas. The Kansas City Tuba Ensemble totally blew away the old record of a mere 502 tuba players from California who had held the record since 2007. This was part of an annual Tuba Christmas event that's put on by the Kansas City Symphony. And let me assure you, if you have never been to a Tuba Christmas event, it is pure euphonium. <laughs> euphonium. You know, only band geeks and tenor tuba players are going to laugh at that one, and they may not either. Well, speaking of records, congratulations to Stu Leonard's dairy store in Norwalk, Connecticut. They broke the Guinness World Record for the world's biggest sculpture 
made of cheese. Yes, it's in the shape of the company logo, the customer service rock of commitment, and it's made of 3,462 pounds of cheddar. I guess you could say Stu Leonard is making America cheese great again. They got that one. All right, Reuters News Service reports that China has found a biotechnological pathway for recycling food waste. They feed it to billions, I said billions, of cockroaches. But these are not your ordinary free-range organic New York City cockroaches, no siree. These roaches are housed in large climate-controlled urban facilities, you know, like Beijing restaurants. The roaches eat big city garbage by the ton, and then when they die, they're processed into a protein-rich product that's used in pig feed. Proponents say this cockroaches into pig slop process is like turning trash into treasures. Ugh. You know, cat just suddenly got real appealing as a main dish for me. And by the way, this cucaracha crunch is also used in Chinese medicines and beauty products. I just hope they don't try selling cockroach-based cosmetics with lines like, easy breezy cockroach girl. <laughs> and fellas, I'm sure you're gonna wanna calm your stomach with a dose of Pepto-Bisroach, right? <laughs> Look, I know we're supposed to be in a fierce competition with China, but as far as I'm concerned, let's let them corner the market on cockroaches. All yours, China, all yours. And just in time for Christmas, KFC unveiled a KFC fire log. Now, this is a fire log that smells like Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> when you burn it. <laughs> I'm I don't make this stuff up. It's true. A KFC spokeswoman said, this winter, we're bringing all the things we love, family, friends, and fried chicken together around the fire with our scented fire log. That's right, we all love the aroma of burnt chicken coming from the fireplace. <laughs> the famous 11 Herbs and Spices fire log is available at kfcfirelogs.com for a limited time only. I bet that's right. <laughs> I can't help but wonder if the fire log is finger licking good. So speaking of records, what will you do when you turn 110 years old? I think maybe some of you are saying, I'll get a new pair of dentures. Well, maybe you'd go wild and do donuts in your hover-round scooter. Well, on her 102nd birthday, Irene O'Shea decided to throw herself out of a plane and set the Guinness World Record for the oldest skydiver. I mean, when you think about paying taxes for a century, I get the idea of throwing yourself from a plane. <laughs> But she did use a parachute. Irene is Australian, and she set the record in her homeland to raise money for charity. And she did confess to drinking a bit of whiskey and taking a nap after setting the record. <laughs> now, Irene is no daredevil come lately. She started skydiving for her 100th birthday, so this was her third jump. It was a world record. I guess she proves the old adage, three's a charm. Well, like a skydiver whose parachute refuses to open, We've run out of time. Right, try that one again. I said, like a skydiver whose parachute doesn't open, we've run out of time. But always remember, we read the news. I enjoy all my colleagues from Fox News but when you think about one that's not only done a great job on that network, but somehow manages to make viewers smile and have a brighter day, no matter what the news of the day may be, it's clearly my next guest. I want you to welcome one of the hosts from Fox and Friends and a dear personal friend. Would you welcome Mr. Steve Ducey? Gee, Steve, you shouldn't have. And in this case, you really shouldn't have. You took it right off the uh, you're floor. You're right. I know you didn't pay a dime for that. You got it right off our set. I, you're right. I, I'm, there you I'm go. I'm going to take that back to the store later. 
Welcome. Hello, Mike. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you very much. You know, you're one of the guys that every morning the President of the United States watches because we know, because you'll say something on the air, and the next thing you know, he's tweeting about it. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of responsibility do you feel knowing that you're influencing the entire globe? Well, I don't know if that's exactly <laughs> accurate, but it does make you really want to make sure that whatever you say is right. It helps to do that. As you know. But you have had a pretty remarkable career. Uh, but always there's been a side of Steve Ducey that is that guy that can do the most serious news stories. Right. But you're having fun in life. What's the secret of that? Well, I think we take uh, the story seriously, but sometimes we don't take ourselves seriously. Ultimately, we, we deal with a lot of stories that impact every person in your audience today. Uh, but at the same time, you've got to have a perspective. This is a job. It's my job to tell the story. And you don't get so involved that it uh, just drives you crazy. You are one of those folks that you're the same person on camera, off camera. You're a great husband. You have wonderful children. Well, thank you. You know, you're, you're a real family, a delightful family. And you and your wife, Kathy, who I think is terrific, you guys have collaborated on what now is the best-selling cookbook in the world right now, The Happy Cookbook by Steve and Kathy Ducey. Thank you. Now, I don't expect you to admit this, but I know the reason this cookbook is selling out everywhere. What page is your recipe on, Mike? Well, you know, I, well, what do you know, Steve? I just happened to flip to it. It's on page 155. That's Mike. right. <laughs> now hold it, hold it, hold uh, it. Keep in mind, this guy, a recovering politician, so, so what is his recipe for? Pork. Pork, indeed. Pork butt. Pork butt. But this pork butt is so good. It is. It's fantastic. It, it takes, takes a while to cook it. You got to, it's a two-day operation. You got to do the, the mixing and stuff yep. and the rubbing and then the, the marinating one day and then the next day the smoking. But it's worth it. And people will absolutely love you when you serve it to them. It's a good thing. But there's so many great recipes in here. Uh, the infamous... Pecan pie that my daughter made and was... Uh, Wait, you mean the fake pie she put on yeah, Twitter? Or yeah, yeah, like yeah, that? yeah, that one. It was amazing to all of us in the family when some of the press questioned whether or not Sarah had actually baked a pie that she'd put a picture on mm -hmm. Twitter. And it went nuts. I mean, people said she didn't really do that. Right. So she baked some pies, took them to the White House, and, of course, some of the reporters refused to eat them. They thought they were, you know, be poisoned. <laughs> I suggested that she should spike the pies with some stuff. <laughs> oh, she spiked it. There's bourbon in it. And, and she gave us two, uh, two secrets. Yeah. Uh, one is uh, use good bourbon. Mm. And it, you, you can use two tablespoons up to four. I would suggest four. <laughs> and the other thing is, and I don't know if it's just because she works at the White House, but you know how she uh, shatters the pecans? Yes. With, yeah. With oh. a hammer. Hammer. How many people here cook with a hammer? <laughs> Other than that guy. How did you and Kathy say, let's do a cookbook? Every October 19th, my birthday, my wife will say, you want me to make your mom's pot roast, right? Because there's certain foods that make you happy. Yeah. When I walk in the house after my wife has been cooking it all day, I can just smell it. And it reminds me of my childhood. It makes mm. me happy. I think everybody probably has a, a happy food. And it, it was about three years ago when um, my wife was out of the blue diagnosed with eye cancer. Mm. And uh, one night she was being treated. And, you know, she didn't know how it was going to turn out. And then she got to thinking, who's going to make for my kids the foods that they grew up on? She got up the next day and she said, we're going to start writing down recipes. Well, it's phenomenal. I mean, you've got recipes from people like Sean Hannity. Yep. Uh, people not just from the Fox News Network, but from all over the spectrum of entertainment and news. Who was the biggest surprise that submitted the recipe for the cookbook? Uh, Kid Rock. Kid Rock loves his mom's chicken pot pie. No kidding. Just like me. And it's so simple and it's delicious. Anyway, there's 100 recipes in the cookbook that for one person or another makes them happy. Now, one other thing, you guys are actually going to be doing a cooking segment on the brand new Fox Nation, right. which is subscription. You go online and subscribe. So how often does that happen? 
Well, uh, the way for season one, we've already taped a, a, a bunch of them. I go and cook with Dr. Oz. And then we did Kellyanne Conway. Uh, she made a beautiful Italian dish, uh, uh, gnocchi. And uh, we cooked with uh, uh, Joe Theismann. Wow. One of my favorites when we lived in Washington, D.C., the quarterback for the Redskins. Uh, I love you and Kathy. You guys are great. And I'm Thank so you. honored that you stopped by to come and see us in our crib. This is fantastic. Steve and Kathy Ducey's The Happy Cookbook. Your taste buds are going to thank you many, many times over. You can get it at any bookseller. Don't forget to check out the latest efforts on Fox Nation as well as weekdays. You get to see them every day on Fox and Friends. Keith, I wonder if you've cooked up anything over there for the rest of the show. Tell us about it. Coming up, get the facts of the matter on major news stories for Mike and Christmas carols are just ahead with Francesca Battistelli. Plus, C.C. Winans right here on Huckabee. Trying to keep up with the hard news stories of the day is challenging enough, and it's made more difficult with the fact that most of the media is biased and unfair to truth. Here are the facts of the matter. Well, on my daily website, MikeHuckabee.com, I address the topic of General Mike Flynn, who had an over 30-year stellar career in the U.S. military as a highly decorated soldier and who had worked his way to being named President Trump's national security advisor, but was then charged with lying to the FBI and not only lost his job, but lost his home because of hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees and then lost his previously unstained reputation. It's now clear he was railroaded by a politically motivated FBI leadership. The shocking story is now being revealed, and it involves entrapment, abuse of power, and malicious prosecution from since disgraced and fired FBI Director, Assistant FBI Director Andrew McCabe, and the infamous FBI agent who once bragged that he could smell Trump voters at a Virginia Walmart. Then he was later exposed as having an illicit affair with another FBI agent who spoke openly of trying to make sure that Donald Trump didn't win, and if he did, to discredit him. Now, here's why all that matters to you. If law enforcement agencies can use their very powerful power to target political enemies, prosecute them with concocted charges, and ruin their lives and destroy their families, then we are no better than the brutal dictatorships in third world countries that trade a rule of law for the law of the jungle. If those at the highest levels of the Department of Justice and FBI get away with this, forget about losing elections. We've lost our country. Well, we get questions from viewers on issues in our news, and we wanted to share a couple and respond. We got this from Larry the Patriot, who lives in Galveston, Texas. He says, how does Beto O'Rourke lose a Senate here in Texas and then become the hot ticket for the Democrats as a presidential candidate? Can you make any sense out of this? In a word, no. <laughs> oh, it makes no sense other than the American electorate seems more enamored with the candidate's looks and charisma or ability to make a speech than as to whether his or her judgment, experience, and preparation really makes one fit for office. Now, for someone who raised more money for a Texas Senate race than most people will ever raise for a presidential race, and who still lost by a fairly large margin, it's kind of hard to understand why people think that he really wasn't ready to be senator, but he's ready to be president because he's good at skateboarding. I'm thinking maybe I should have taken up skateboarding before running for president. Well, we also got this from Bridget, who lives in York, Pennsylvania. She asked about uh, Representative Catherine Clark from Massachusetts, who is spearheading a bill to recognize abortion as, listen to this, a guaranteed human right. So the question is, what do you think of this and can we stop it? Well, 
The irrational defense of killing unborn babies is a sign of a very sick civilization and society. In biblical times, child sacrifice was such an evil practice that God condemned it and demanded that those cultures be eradicated. It's kind of hard for us to invoke God's blessings on America when we kill 600,000 babies in their mother's womb each year. Now, we can be glad the number is down from over a million a year from just a few years ago. But it is hardly something to boast about that we're only killing 600,000 babies now. So like slavery, we have to someday believe that all persons are truly created equal and that some aren't more or less valuable than others. Treating people as disposable property, whether because they're black or Jews or disabled, or because they're babies, that ought to be repulsive to every single one of us. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this segment. And we'd love for you to send in your own questions or thoughts on the stories in the news so that we can all take a moment to share the facts of the matter together. Well, Keith's over there by himself in his little perch, so we're going to ask him to give us some hard facts on what we have coming up next on the show. Oh, you're going to love it. Next, we celebrate Christmas with Grammy Award-winning singers Francesca Battistelli and C.C. Wyman, right here on Huckabee. And welcome back. My next guest is a Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter in Christian music. And she's also a guest star in Andrea Bocelli's The Heart of Christmas television special airing exclusively right here on TBN. I want you to make welcome Francesca Battistelli. Francesca, so nice to have you here. Thank you. Yes. You have a legendary reputation for Aww. your vocal stylings. Thank you. But you just got back from Italy doing this incredible yes. Christmas special. What was that like? It was like a dream come true. I can't even believe that it happened. It was so amazing to sing with Andrea. I mean, he's a legend. And in his home church in Tuscany was just beautiful. There's a little clip we want to play. This is from the Christmas special that okay. you did. Yeah. Let's take a look. Okay, so that was pretty cool, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. But you have your own album going on. I do. Out. Tell I us do. about it. Yeah, I um, just released uh, my fourth studio album in October called Own It. As Francesca gets ready to sing, I want to encourage you to watch her on Andrea Bocelli's The Heart of Christmas television special. It's going to be air exclusively on TBN. And the premiere is this Thursday, December the 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And you can also purchase Francesca's new album, Own It, at your favorite online music retailer or at FrancescaMusic.com. Now here to sing for you, would you please make welcome Francesca Battistelli.
that blessed Christmas morn. Go tell it on the mountain. Coming up, the incomparable C.C. Winans perform. Huckabee will be back in 60 seconds. My next guest has the singing voice of an angel, and she's got the heart of one as well. When she sings, you can hear her heart and her soul. I love this person. Tonight, my Christmas wish has come true because she's right here with us. I want you to please welcome one of my absolute favorites, CeCe Winans. CeCe, love having you. I'm telling you, this is a great thrill to have you back. Honored to be back, honored to be back. We're not far away from Christmas. What's your favorite Christmas memory? Do you have one? You know what, when we were growing up, my whole family we would do Christmas concerts, and that's probably would I have favorite. loved to have yes, been at one of those? All of us, yes, all of us. My mom and dad. For those of you who don't know me, I uh, have nine siblings. My mom and dad had seven boys first. I was the first girl. I had two younger sisters, and we all sang. So it was like a choir. The Lions say, Choir. <laughs> your, your family was its own choir. That's right. Tell us about. What you're going to be doing, you've got a brand new album that is all about Christmas that yes. we hope people will get because if they love you, they're going to love this Christmas album. Yes. So what are some of the songs we're going to hear on it? Well, you know, it's entitled Something's Happening because when Jesus came, something really great happened. Yes, it he did. brought love and peace and joy for everybody. And so we have some of the standards. We have about five standards. And then we have some original ones that are pretty powerful. You know, no one's ever asked me to sing. But I no. was once asked to just let them have a silent night. <laughs> so that's as close as I ever came to singing a Christmas carol. Well, let me know when you want to sing one with me. We can practice it and then we'll be ready. <laughs> All right, we're going to let Keith tell everybody about how to get this wonderful Christmas album of C.C. Winans. Well, to get C.C. Winans, something is happening, a Christmas album. You can find it at iTunes or your favorite music retailer. Now, here to perform a Christmas classic, the one and only C.C. Winans. Heavenly hosts sing 
It was a holy night when our Savior was born. You see, he brought peace that surpasses all understanding. He brought love, unconditional love. He brought joy to the whole world. So celebrate the birth of Jesus. Have a very Merry Christmas and expect a glorious New Year full of blessings from our Lord and Savior.